Hello and welcome. My name is Amelia, otherwise known as DJ EJ, and this is Club Crime, a true crime broadcast recording live here at KTCU. Oh, I'm going to try not to get choked up right now because this is season two of Club Crime, everyone. This is such a big deal. I'm very happy to be back. Um, this is, you know, I, I always say this, this is like my passion project. This is something that I never thought I would be doing, but I am very happy to be doing. And I'm very, this is season two, episode 14. I'm officially 14 episodes in to Club Crime. This is incredible. And I, I'm just so thankful to be here, and I really want to thank all of my listeners and supporters. I've been getting a lot of questions as, when is Club Crime back? And I can tell you right now, we're back right now. And um, for those of you who might be listening after this is recorded live, thank you for listening to me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, you all mean the world to me, my Spotify and Apple Podcast listeners. And as always, please feel free to follow me on Instagram at Club Crime Official or at Club Crime Fish on Twitter because I... Um, Twitter would not let me, you know, have the rest of the letters. But I guess it's not even Twitter anymore. I guess it's just say follow me on X because Twitter is no longer Twitter. R.I.P. That makes me feel really sad. But as always, we have a new guest to welcome to the club this week. So I would like to introduce my guest, Caitlin. Caitlin, please feel free to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Caitlin and I'm a musical theater uh, major at TCU um, I'm 21 years old. This is my third year at TCU. And I mean, I like true crime a lot. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. And so um, I, I asked Amelia if I would be a contender to come on and join her this evening. So I'm very, very excited. I'm very excited to have you here. Um, what is your interest in true crime? What got you into this? I know you were telling me that you listen to like some of the podcasts mm -hmm. and stuff. I am a big, so I <laughs> was always trying to find stuff to listen to during my art classes when I was like mm -hmm. in high school. So I would be like kind of finding like longer videos to listen to. And I've always interested, like, been interested in, um, I don't know, like, real things. Like, I, I feel like I, I like to learn a lot about, like, what's actually mm -hmm. going on and, like, what's actually out there. And I think what also interests me a lot is um, learning about, like, the investigative process. Mm -hmm. I really get interested in, like, once something has been done or, like, an investigation has been started, hearing, like, the different methods that... Um, you know, people take and mm -hmm. to, to start like trying to uncover information. So yeah. that's something I find very interesting also. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, it's always so mixed whenever I have guests. They're either like, yeah, I'm just here because I thought it would be cool to be on a podcast. Yeah. And then I love getting people like you that are like, I really just love like learning about crimes yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I have a new segment to debut today here on Club Crime, and that is updates on previous cases that I talked about. And so today I only have one. I'm sure I will have a lot more in the future. But Caitlin, do you know about the Kristen Smart case? I know the name. I mm -hmm. don't know. You'd have to like give me some okay. like story and then so I'm like... So let me start with this. 
it, the case happened in my hometown. Oh, uh, where are you from again? I'm from San Luis Obispo, California. Okay. And so she, Kristen Smart was a college student mm-hmm. who um, she went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and she basically disappeared after partying one night and they've never found her body to this day. But um, a few years ago, they arrested um, the man who they have always basically suspected to be her murderer. His name's Paul Flores, and he's currently in prison. He did get convicted for her murder. But so the other day, so he was in salt. This is the update. Paul Flores was in solitary confinement, and he was because he had moved prisons and they put him in solitary for about two mm-hmm. weeks. And then they let him actually like join the rest of the inmates and let him out of solitary confinement. The first day he was out of solitary confinement, he got stabbed in the neck by another inmate. Oh my God. Which is insane. Yeah. And then after that, so I guess there was a big thing on social media following that, that a lot of people were saying like, we're so glad that Paul Flores got stabbed in the neck <laughs> because that is like the Kristen Smart case is a big deal in my hometown. Yeah. Like everyone mm-hmm. believed him to have done it and yeah. no one really likes Paul Flores. And so <laughs> the, our local um, paper in San Luis Obispo had to make a statement basically saying, Please don't feel happy that Paul Flores got stabbed in the neck. This is not a good thing. And they're right. It's it's really not a good thing. But um, that's my big update. So I guess... That's very interesting. I guess there's a case working against the inmate who stabbed Paul Flores now. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> oh, joy. But that is the update for today. Um, but let's actually get into your story. Yes, so I'm going to tell you your guest duties. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a true crime story. It is your job to react, ask questions, add in your own personal anecdotes, and just add to the story in any way that you want. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So I need you to promise all of the listeners that I did not tell you what I was going, <laughs> what the story I was going to tell to you beforehand. Yes, I, I do promise this. Actually, my mom um, and I both listened to a lot of true crime, and mm-hmm. um, so I told her I was doing this, and she's like, "What case are you doing?" And I was like, "I have no idea. I have, I'm not supposed to know. I'm assuming." Do you want to throw any just wild guesses into the wind right now? I, I have no like. There's so. Is it like a current? Mm-mm. It's not current. We're starting historical actually on this one. <gasps> Stop. That's gonna be cool. Um, I also love like going through, I, yeah, whatever. Um, that'll come later probably when we talk about stuff. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't Are you know. ready for me to tell yes, you? Yes. Today's story is the Axe Man of New Orleans. Oh, I don't know if I. I feel like I might have learned a little bit about mm-hmm. this, but I don't. It's not one of the cases that I like know in depth or I ever like mm-hmm. followed. Followed. Mm-hmm. So this will be this will be a ride. All right. Well, sources for tonight's story include Smithsonian Magazine, Penn State University's website, BuzzFeed Unsolved. Oh yes. And we all know her. We all love her. Our most credible source out there, Miss Wikipedia. Yes. Which I, I'm gonna. I say this always. Because I always kind of have to give a disclaimer. I do not use Wikipedia as my main source. Wikipedia is very good to, like, give you the story in consecutive order. And then I go out and, like, vet all of the facts. Mm. So I want everyone to know that I'm not just like, oh, Wikipedia. I'm going to, like, type everything just from the page. Wikipedia also, like, requires you to put references at the bottom. So So there are references. Even if it's it's an edible, like, edible, an editable editable like <laughs> document that the mm-hmm. public can edit you like still are able to 
like access a lot of other sources. Mm-hmm. Which a uh, lot of times is where I get my other sources yeah. is from the Wikipedia yeah. sources page. All right, so let's get into the background on the case. So New Orleans, Louisiana is actually the third most populous city in the Deep South and is home to unique music, cuisine, and celebrations. But while the city is most well-known for its French, Spanish, and Creole cultures, the city was once a major port for all European immigrants. One of the most prominent immigrant cultures in New Orleans were the Italian Italian immigrants and Italian Americans. That was really hard for me to say. (laughs) And like many other cultures and ethnicities and races in New Orleans, the Italians found themselves the target of xenophobia. This xenophobia, however, came to a head from May 1918 to 1919 when an unidentified serial killer nicknamed the Axeman began to target these Italians around New Orleans. So last season, I was very focused on cases that had like that were kind of connected to me personally. Mm -hmm. And. Well, so I'm kind of moving away from that for this season, but I did really connect, you know, personally as like an Italian American yes. to this case. Um, but yeah, I didn't even know that it, I guess <laughs> as like a musical theater kid, I've always seen in like West Side Story how both like, of course, the Puerto Ricans and the Irish immigrants both get like the xenophobia from yeah. everyone else. But I guess it never really like occurred to me that I guess like most immigrants get that sort of xenophobia Mm -hmm. so it was like kind of wild to me when I was reading this case of like Italian immigrants were Mm -hmm. like hated on too and like all European immigrants which is kind of insane to me and it I mean xenophobia of all kinds is not good at all but it was just kind of weird that like even people of like my cultural background had xenophobia it's Mm -hmm. not something that ever like you ever really think about anymore yeah especially because like you know being in america we're such like a um, quote melting pot Mm -hmm. sort of uh culture but like turn of the 19th i mean turn of the 1900s like right that's right when immigration was really really picking up Mm -hmm. in the u.s so like any other group my family was like immigrating from italy i didn't realize that um but like um you know, so, like, at that time, anyone that was not, like, born and bred in the USA <laughs> was probably, like, was, you know, a target. Yeah. And, yeah. No, for sure. So, let's get into the first attack. So, on May 23rd, 1918, Joseph Maggio and his wife, Catherine, were sleeping peacefully in their home on the corner of Upper Line and Magnolia Streets. And I think this is really funny because my parents' names are Joseph and Catherine. Oh, good. And as always, as we're recording this live, Joseph and Catherine are listening, so (laughs) um, shout out to them. And I have a feeling I will be getting some texts soon because my parents love to text in as I'm broadcasting this live, which I love. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I just, like, ask them questions. And I'm like, can you guys... Give me the answer to this because I don't want to Google right now. Um, So Joseph was an Italian grocer who also ran a bar room with his wife. The Maggios also lived next to to Joseph's brothers, Andrew and Jake, in adjoining apartments. Sometime early that morning, the Axeman broke into Maggio's home and cut both Joseph and Catherine's throats using a straight razor. Catherine's throat was cut so deep that her head was nearly severed, and she died very quickly from asphyxiation from her blood. After cutting their throats, the Axeman used an axe to bash Joseph and Catherine's heads, likely so that a cause of death could not be determined. 
Though Catherine died almost immediately from her wounds, Joseph survived long enough to be discovered by Jake and Andrew, but he died minutes later. Which, that's crazy that's that, awful. like, you can get your head bashed in and still, like, live for well, minutes and minutes like, later. Like, dear God, like, it's one of those things where, like, imagine the pain, like, because, exactly. like, I'm sure we don't know exactly how long, but they probably weren't mm-hmm. discovered until hours later. Yeah. And then, like, also in that moment, you know, I mean, this is, I was going to say this is going to get sad the way I'm saying it, but mm-hmm. this is a true crime podcast, so I'm sure anyone, yeah. anyone, anyone listening probably is aware of that, but, um... Like, to think about, like, him laying next to his wife and having to be cognizant mm-hmm. of that also. Like, while she's mm-hmm. clearly not alive mm-hmm. and him having to, like, take everything in. Like, that being your last moments is so unfortunate. Yeah. Which, that also, like, reminded me of, like, apparently scientists discovered that if you get, like, your head, like, severed, like, guillotined, you mm-hmm. still have, like, some, like, consciousness. Like, yeah, for, I think, I think it's, like, a few, like, I think it even, like, like 10 seconds, seconds yeah, or 10 something. Or so, yeah. But you still are, like... You know, because when you're getting your head severed, you're cutting off, like, your brain stem mm-hmm. and, like, obviously losing, like, all of your bro- blood. Mm-hmm. But until then, all your brain, it's, like, your brain is, your like, brain still, still firing has, off yeah. until. Mm-hmm. So. Which I think is crazy, especially mm-hmm. considering that that was, like, at one time considered, like, the most humane way yeah. to kill someone. Mm-hmm. So, once police arrived at the scene, bloody clothes worn by the Axeman were found in the corner of Catherine and Joseph's bedroom insinuating that he had changed clothes before leaving the building. Robbery was also ruled out as a possible explanation, as no money or personal belongings were taken from the apartment. The straight razor used to cut the the couple's throats was also found on the neighboring property. The razor was found to belong to Andrew Maggio, who worked as a brother. As a barber, not a brother. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew was made the prime suspect after police questioned why he could not hear the forced entry of the intruder if he was asleep in the adjoining apartment. And to anyone wondering what those bells were, that was just the KTC door opening and closing, which I love those bells because sometimes like I'm in here alone and the bell opens and I'm like, oh my gosh, is someone like coming in? Like, do I have a little time to hide? (laughs) Because being like here at night gets me so paranoid, especially like our content. Exactly. So Andrew, of course, is the brother who was in the adjoining apartment, and that kind of made him initially like a prime suspect mm-hmm. of like, why was your razor used? Do you have access to these razors? Um, but he was eventually released from custody because investigators basically failed to break down his statement that like he was asleep and he was woken up by the noises and everything. Mm-hmm. And Andrew also stated that he had seen a strange man lurking around the apartment building during the nights leading up to the attack. So it seemed like someone may have been, you know, lurking around the area, but nothing at this time is confirmed. It just kind of seems like an out-of-the-blue attack, nothing too bad. And, of course, like, this is the 19 early 1900s where there's no like dna testing or anything Mm -hmm. like murders are a big deal yeah because anyone can do them basically and at that time like our like like gun technology isn't like where it Mm -hmm. is now so like getting your hands on one as well as like like efficient Mm -hmm. like firing of a gun like anything is a lot more like personal i feel like Mm -hmm. exactly like it it too to kill someone is, yeah, like you said, very personal. And also, like, if you want to kill someone, you can just kill someone. And mm-hmm. it's very likely you'll just get away with yeah, it. Yeah, it's, like, it's effort, like, physical effort mm-hmm. and, like, 
but at, but at this time, like you said, like there's limited DNA testing. There's not like really security, mm-hmm. CCTV camera footage, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> Unless like there's eyewitness testimony, there's really not much. Yeah, to... you have to like see someone. You have to have multiple people like see someone do it mm-hmm. to be able to be like, yeah, like you're going to jail. Yeah. If not, it's like, I just killed someone today, like <laughs> as a fun little hobby. Like yeah, literally. So the second attack um, was on Louis Bessemer and his mistress, not wife, oh. mistress Harriet Lowe, and that happened on June twenty seventh, nineteen eighteen. Mm. Bessemer and Lowe were attacked in the back of Bessemer's grocery store. Bessemer was struck with a hatchet above his right temple, while Lowe was hacked over her left ear and found unconscious when police arrived at the scene. The couple was attacked in the early morning and was found by John Zonka at around 7 a.m. Zonka was the owner of a bakery cart which would deliver baked goods to Bessemer's store. Once police arrived, the axe used in the attack was found in the bathroom of the building Mm. and was discovered to belong to Bessemer himself. Bessemer and Lowe were rushed to the hospital and both actually survived their wounds. Oh, okay. So robbery was once again presented as a possible explanation for the attacks. However, no money or merchandise was taken from Bessemer's grocery store. Louis Obicon, a then 41-year-old African-American man who was employed at the store a week prior, was arrested as a, spe- yeah. as a suspect but was released when no evidence proved his guilt. So that was kind of another example of xenophobia of like, yeah. we have no one to point to. We might as well just pick this guy who just got employed at the store. Mm-hmm. And, he and has literally a would have no grievance with his owner. Has I no mean, grievance. With the store owner after like the a only week. Reason, yeah, the only reason we're arresting him is because he has a different skin color. Like. Yeah. It it just really goes to show, like, at this time, like, xenophobia is still a yeah. really big issue around our country today. But, like, at this time, like, it was just a common occurrence. Like, mm-hmm. you had to be very careful. If you and weren't just, still... like... Oh, sorry, continue. No. Um, if you were just, like, a white person with no, like, ethnic background other than being, like, a descendant of the British colonists, like, that was the only way you could, like, get by in life super easily yeah i mean and also like it's it's like weird because we say like it it was super prevalent at that time Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's equally as prevalent now it's just you can't commit those sort of you can't get away with it yeah like there are people that certainly do try Mm -hmm. but you can't get away with as much so exactly and like more people now are aware of it and actively Mm -hmm. are against xenophobia and like hate crimes so like, I think just we you as can't a society, get away in the justice system yeah, either. As we well. as a society have recognized that like we just need to be more accepting of everyone. And if you're not accepting of everyone, like more people, you're the person that's in the wrong now. Yeah, yeah. You're not in the wrong if you're like not xenophobic. Yeah, it's not wrong. really up for. It's not like a debate anymore. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. like and even though like there's a lot of whew, still a lot of times where like mm-hmm. cases are not handled well and like people are still not treated well. It's mm-hmm. almost just like. These days, it's just like your people are better at hiding it, and I, people I are are agree. more are more scared to be outward about mm-hmm. what they feel. Yes, and feel any way you want to feel about <laughs> anyone, but if it's something that's like hateful, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, like obviously you shouldn't have like 
terrible thoughts about <laughs> you, other people. You shouldn't really feel like murdering somebody, but... No, like, but let's, like, just you keep do. it to yourself. <laughs> let's just, you know, all hateful thoughts... What we learned in school was if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say any, like don't say anything at all. And let's just, you know, that stays true today. I feel like a lot of older people are the ones that need to learn that. I feel like the five-year-olds got it down. <laughs> the five-year-olds do got it down. <laughs> so while in the hospital, Harriet Lowe, who was the mistress, received much media attention for her details of the attack and her mm. sensationalized stories about her relationship with Bessemer. Oh. So she was like, I got attacked and this is my five minutes of fame now. Yeah. And letters were written in German, Russian, and Yiddish were discovered in Bessemer's home. Mm. And Lowe was then um, investigated because it was speculated that he might be a German spy. And, of course, this is right after World War yeah, I. So that's yeah. kind of a, big, a really that's big a no deal. No. <laughs> and Bessemer was then later arrested and released when the police work on his case was determined to be, quote, unquote, unacceptable. And so when I read more into that, it was basically just like, you guys found these letters. There's literally nothing to like prove that he was a murderer or a Russian or like a German spy. Like they ever all the police at this point were like, we just want to arrest a guy because we want to arrest a guy. That's what I was going to say. It's like it's it's weird because like it seems like more so if they were looking for a motive for the crime, they kind of were just trying to like be like, well, it was OK because because mm-hmm. he was a German spy. Yeah, so I think at this time they're just like, yeah, we have no, like, leads and we're bored. Let's just arrest someone. But Bessemer was arrested once again in August of 1918 after Lowe, who actually was dying following a failed surgery from, like, because of her attacks, accused Bessemer of being her attacker. He was charged with murder and served nine months in prison before being acquitted on May 1st, 1919. And so, well, basically the reason he was acquitted was because the attacks kept happening. <laughs> That's how you get them. That's so how you figure it out. this next attack is a little unfortunate. Um, a little? Well, I, I would say this one is probably one of the most unfortunate ones. Um, 28-year-old Anna Schneider, who was eight months pregnant at the time, was attacked in her home the night of August 5th, 1918. And I was always like... Uh, I mean, I guess this is a little bit too late for a trigger warning, but this, that is like a child death. And I know that's, I mean, we're always talking about sensitive topics on here, but I just like to say like for anything relating to children or mental health, like, you know, please reach out to the proper people if that is something that like you struggle with, of course. Um, But she was attacked, um, though there was no sign of forced entry and she had been attacked with a lamp on her bedside table. So, like, a lamp was used to bash her head rather than um, an actual axe. So Schneider was discovered around midnight by her husband, who had returned home late from work. But I actually lied because there is no child death. He, um, Schneider was rushed to the hospital and was able to give birth Aww. to a healthy baby girl two days later. I should have read ahead. Um, but that always makes me happy when like, at least, you know, unfortunately she got attacked, but at least we got a baby out of it. Yeah. Did she survive or? I think she actually did survive because I don't, I think because it was with a lamp rather than an ax, that's a little bit hard. It was blunt force. A little bit easier to take care of. Um, this attack was speculated by the police to be connected to the Axeman murders, though it was different because Schneider was not Italian, Mm. nor was she attacked with an axe. 
But that was the last attack for around six months. So Schneider gets attacked and everything goes silent. The next attacks were carried out against Italian immigrant Charles Cortomaliga, his wife Rosie, and their two-year-old daughter Mary on March 10, 1919, in the Gretna suburb of New Orleans. That night, grocer Irlando Giordano, what an Italian name, <laughs> heard screams coming from the residence, and when he entered the residence, he found Rosie with a large wound clutching her dead daughter while Charles laid on the floor with his own head wound. Upon police investigation, no items or money was found to be taken from the home, which was the same as all the other ones. A bloody axe was found on the porch of the home, and a panel of the back door was found to have been chiseled away for an intruder to enter. In the hospital, once she regained full consciousness, Rosie accused Ior Orlando Giordano and his 18-year-old son Frank of committing the attacks against the family. 69-year-old Ior... Io Orlando, once again, what a name, <laughs> was in too poor health to do the attacks, while Frank, who was more, in, more than six feet tall and weighed over 200 pounds, could not have fit through the open door panel. So it almost seemed like, I have a, a feeling Rosie probably, like, accused them, because I have a feeling she probably, like, heard that, like, he was the one who found her yeah and of course recovering from like a head wound like you're not really you're, gonna you're be, not gonna remember too much you're not of gonna like remember what you saw. and you're also not gonna be in the best like headspace yeah. at the time so plus sometimes like we reach to find closure and, exactly like, however despite all of this oh. along with charles denying rosie's claims the two men were charged and found guilty of murder oh, good but charles then divorced his wife what the tea and then two years after the attack rosie made a statement saying she falsely accused the two men out of spite and both eo orlando and frank were released wait so did she like when she says out of spite like do we clarify what this like this like is it just like it, to feel I, like that feeling i, of I getting tried back looking at it up to see like what the spite was yeah. but i all it seemed was just like just she like, was upset she got attacked and was upset that like someone she found lost her so much like like yeah. she probably just wanted I guess someone else to feel mm -hmm. like a little bit of pain which not not good but that's the only thing that makes sense mm -hmm. which head. also like spite it it could also just be that she did like lose her daughter that day and was like looking for someone to blame yeah. kind of like you said mm -hmm. so yeah so but they were released um, but three days. After the Cortomaliga attacks, New Orleans police received a letter from the supposed Axeman. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to read you that letter. Oh, good. Quote, Hell, March 13th, 1919. <laughs> Esteemed mortal, they have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit, and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orlanians and your foolish police call the Axemen. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company." If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. 
Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis Joseph, etc., but tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the axe-man." I don't think there is any need for such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me, as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orlanians think of me as most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Now, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, on next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite, infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then, so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is some of you people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth, warmth of my native Tartarus, it is about time I leave your earthly home. I will cease my discourse. Hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee, I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that has ever existed either in fact or realm of fantasy. The Axeman, end quote. And that There's is so the entire much letter. First so of let's, all, let's unpack it. Yeah, yeah. I, was so, I was like, there's so much going on. First of all, one one thing that I just want to say off the bat, why mm -hmm. is he acting like, like, he's like sending the plagues, like, like the plagues from, he's like. He's acting like he's Beelzebub and literally, was like, just like, popped he's out. He's like, 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 smear the like blood of lamb on your door i'll take your firstborn like that's literally what he's like i will pass through the streets and if you are not playing jazz music then like <laughs> that's like the first thing i thought i was like who do you think you are well and i'm sorry why would this be like a really good monologue to use Stop, for like an audition no. <laughs> it's so dr it's just Ooh. so dramatic it's like i am just so much better exactly. than all of you people mm -hmm. but i am also from hell yeah and i will be like killing you but i like jazz literally no so. he literally said what what was it he said um he said if you like get on get on your jazz or what mm -hmm. was it like, everyone has to be playing jazz um but what was he did say he said, like, who do not jazz it out yeah, on jazz that specific well, also, I think, like, there's so much of this that's, like, it's funny mixed with, like, also, like, I mean, I'm sure we'll but figure I this out later. I could totally see someone just being, like, dead serious, like, like writing this out, yeah. like, furiously at their desk. Yeah. Ugh. But also, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it also, I can't figure out if he's, like, insane. If, mm -hmm. if like, if later on in the case we find out that, like, he was, like, mm -hmm. like you know, not fit. Or... If, like, he literally that just has that such... Or he's, he's playing a game, like, just, like, well, messing is, around and feeling a little To this day, silly. we don't know who the Axeman is. So it's, like, Dang. it could be anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it could have just been multiple people. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know. Yeah. But it, And then also just someone who has a really inflated ego, mm-hmm. you know? But part of me is also, like, this is, like, the, like, letters, like... Do you ever, like, get in an argument with someone and then later you go back and I'm like, this is how I would have won the argument. This was me in, like, third grade when I got, like, mad at my best friend and I was like, this is what I'm going to do to you if, like, you don't be my friend tomorrow. Yeah, like, I'm going to come to your house and, you're like, you have to be playing jazz music or else <laughs> we can't be friends anymore. Well, it's also interesting that, to go back to the jazz music, um, I wonder if there's, like, I think a lot of, I mean, this is obvious, but, mm-hmm. like, there, like, uh, so so much of this is like ego mm-hmm. because I the reason he would have done something I guess so is so he can walk through and see everybody who knows and like knows hi- about him and what mm-hmm. he's doing and like he can walk through the streets and hear the like every single person that's mm-hmm. terrified of him exactly which oh my god I didn't even think of that of like if you're playing jazz music, it's like, yeah. It's because like, you know. You know, like, you have the potential to get killed. Yeah, you followed the story. You're scared of me. You're scared of him, and you're like, even, I, you're like, I don't even know if, like, like that this is legit. That would be the biggest but, ego boost mm-hmm. of, like, because especially, like, especially, a lot of serial killers, um, psychologists have proven, like, serial killers murder because they want the attention. They like this, mm-hmm. like, infamy that they get. And so that would be, like, the biggest ego boost of, like, all of you are afraid of me, and that's exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So, and like, if you love jazz, then you're also like listening to your favorite music as you're feeling all that. Exactly. So. <laughs> but the next Tuesday, March 18th, 1919, homes all over New Orleans were playing jazz music. Some using phonographs, while others bringing in live jazz bands into their houses. Wow. Those who could not afford to play music, nor did they have the means went to their neighbors, friends, and family's mm. houses who were playing the music to stay safe. Mm. So it's like, if the house wasn't playing jazz music, it's likely just no one was home and they were somewhere else. Yeah. Like, I was reading, like, articles written during that time, and it was literally, like, there was an nowhere that, like, wasn't playing jazz in New Orleans That's that so night. That's so interesting. Which I think is crazy. Especially, like, to show just how, like, prevalent jazz music is of the time. Mm-hmm. Like... Of course, this was, like, the beginnings of the jazz age, but, like, just think of, like, this, how big, like, a music style has to be that, number one, everyone, like, knows what jazz is, and number two, like, everyone is playing it. Yeah, well, also, like, you know, New Orleans is, like, one of the, you know, biggest... It's the jazz capital, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, And so, like, having an entire city and, like, such a largely populated city that's so rooted in like jazz as a form of expression and excitement and like joy and like mm-hmm. progress and like growth in the music industry be like playing it associated with such feelings of fear mm-hmm. for the first time because like you know that everybody was not they were not vibing out mm-hmm. like they were they were sitting there like jazz is meant to speak to the soul but in like a positive yeah way. so like and this was speaking to them in a way that was like if we don't play, like, this is for our survival. Yeah. This is, like, a survival. Yeah, like, like just to think about, like, something that's so, like, so when you think of New mm-hmm. Orleans, you think of jazz music. And, like, to think of, like, everybody in the city, like, associating that with, like, terror. I wonder if there was also, like, people who just didn't listen to jazz for a long time after that. Like, yeah, I wonder. That, that's honestly such an interesting point of, like, you associated jazz now with, like, the sense of fear mm-hmm. and so would it take a while for because there are like certain music styles that like I remember like music I was listening to on like nights where like 
I had like a bad memory mm-hmm. or something of like crying mm-hmm. at like homecoming or something. Like, yeah. I have songs that I still to this yeah. day, I'm like, I don't want to listen to that because I associate that with like a bad night. So yeah. I agree. Like, mm-hmm. could jazz during this time of like for some people really negatively affected mm-hmm. them? But I feel like for a lot of other people, this was, like, a good thing of, like, oh, yeah, I can just listen <laughs> I to jazz like, all I would have been, like, oh, so I have an excuse to blast it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can blast my music all night and no <laughs> one's going to judge me. Awesome. So, actually, all of these efforts worked, and there were no attacks the night of Tuesday, March 18th. Despite this, Italians all over New Orleans were left terrified that they might be attacked next or that they might be the next accused. There was another long period of no attacks until August 10th, 1919, when grocer Steve Boca was attacked late at night in his home using an axe. Boca lived and was taken to the hospital, but he could not remember any details of his attack. Two more people were attacked by the axe man, Sarah Lorman on September 3rd, 1919, and Mike Pepitone on October 27th, 1919. These were the final alleged attacks of the axe man. So now we can get actually get into the theories of, like, what mm-hmm. people to this day believe. Question. So, so mm-hmm. at that time, yeah, did they have – I noticed, um, like, you said, like, Italian-Americans and Italians were really mm-hmm. – were the ones that were really scared. At that point, had they had they spoken and said, like, we believe this is, like, targeted on a community? Because I wasn't sure if they mm-hmm. were still trying to put it together and find a pattern or – No, by this time – I think it was actually after the second murder that people started to realize because – not only was it Italian-Americans, but it was also grocers, because the first mm. two were, like, Italian grocers. I so, grocers. Well, because grocery stores were basically the biggest form of income for Italians mm. during that time. And that's why, like, Italian grocery stores, like, to this day, are still, like, very big deals in a lot of areas. And that's because, you know... A lot of cultures, when they come to a different country, find their, like, they find niche. Their, yeah. They find their niche to, like, make money. And that's what Italians found. Mm-hmm. Is like, they found success building just grocery stores, basically. And so, it, I mean, it kind of was a coincidence that, you know, the Italian-Americans that were attacked were grocers, but at the same time, it wasn't. Because but it, it wasn't because that's, like, what a lot of them were doing. A lot of so. them were doing. And, that, yeah. and it also was, like, made sense of, like, police to be like, okay, like... If you're someone going to, like, a grocery store, like, that's how you can, like, find your next target. Like, the serial killer yeah. can find his next target. Very easy like, to, like, I don't them. like Italians. Where's the easiest way to find Italians? Oh, a grocery store where it's likely owned by an Italian person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, like, the big thing of the time. So, yes, they did. They had connected it. I think it was by the second murder because they were both Italians. Yeah. But it did probably, like, take it's a second. It's so to... interesting that they continued to, like, accuse Italians. Then. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so, I don't know. It's just, like, they had, if they, if so early on they had an idea mm-hmm. of, like, a profile that was being targeted, mm-hmm. that they also, like, I mean, of course, it doesn't, it doesn't rule you out if you're Italian. But it also is just interesting that they continued But to... if you're desperate for, like, it to all stop like it also kind of makes sense that you do just you know accuse the first person you can think of yeah. because you know when you're in a desperate situation you kind of just do what you have to do and unfortunately yeah. like these people were arrested for a time mm-hmm. but then they were like released so yeah. it's kind of that's good that they like that's something i forgot like was mm-hmm. that they most most or all were released if they were if they were accused i think all of them were released oh, well that's that's good <laughs> Sucks that they were in jail for like two years, mm-hmm. but yeah, it does suck. But it was it was it's like a win lose situation yeah. of like, you know, got an you got out, 
And even though we didn't get an answer, we still like at least, you know, narrowed the pool. Narrowed the pool. <laughs> so many believe that the Axeman was not just one person doing the killings. Those who believe this speculate that because not all the victims were Italian, because there were those few outliers that weren't Italian people, some of the killings were copycat attacks, Mm. which does also make sense because, like, even in, like, the time of, like, Jack the Ripper in England, like, even after, like, the supposed Jack the Ripper went away, like, there were still attacks that were very much, like, like mimicked of Jack the Ripper. Another theory suggests that the killer is Joseph Monfrey, a man shot to death in Los Angeles on in December of 1920 by the widow of Mike Pepitone, the last mm. Axeman victim. So I'll get into this theory. Yeah. It's a little bit like complicated, but just follow along with me. So Monfrey was believed to be in a business associate of Ms. Pepitone's second husband. On December 5th, 1921... Or no, 1919, Monfrey visited Ms. Pepitone's Los Angeles home and demanded $500 in all of her jewelry or he would kill her the same way he killed her husband. Mm. Following this, Ms. Pepitone claimed that Monfrey was the axe man and was responsible for her husband's death. The LAPD did find evidence linking Monfrey to Pepitone's death as well as running a gang in New Orleans that blackmailed Italians mm. during the times of the Axeman killings. However, there was never enough evidence to link Monfrey to the claims. And we just got a text from my mom. <laughs> Round of applause for my Ooh, mom, everyone. Yes, Miss Gambucci. So, actually, Ms. Aaron, she doesn't Ms. have my last name. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um... It's funny, though. Sometimes, like, letters will come to the house, and because, like, my mom is addressed as Miss Aaron, sometimes, like, people who send her, like, letters and stuff assume that my dad is Aaron, so it will be, like, (laughs) Mr. and Mrs., like, Aaron, and I just think it's so funny when that happens, because it's, like, my mom is, like, (laughs) is the man of the house. She (laughs) gave everyone her last name. It's interesting, because, like, um, I'm, like, personally the person that, like, I literally tell my parents all the time, like when when I get married, like I'm not taking anyone's last name. Like really? I like my name. I I don't know. I just That's like my name. Too. I just I gambucci like, is a dope name. Like, like I don't well, wanna... for me, it's just like my name is my name. Like this is what I have lived mm-hmm. my life with. I feel like changing it is like I don't know changing. Anyways, yeah, go. So <laughs> my mom says the term grocery comes from the Italian word negozio, mm. which I didn't know. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, lore. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay italian lore <laughs> new italian lore dropped <laughs> i remember there's like memes on the internet for a while of like italians are like italians are real <laughs> yeah no i i love those that's why it's one of those things where like like going like this is like taking it all the way back to the mm-hmm. beginning of this discussion mm-hmm. but like it's one of those things where we like we forget that some groups that are mm-hmm. that were like marginalized and, mm-hmm. and targeted like or that aren't now mm-hmm like were seen very like very like one thing that's interesting to me is that like mm-hmm. irish people weren't considered white for a long mm-hmm. time which i think is also which interesting it's just it's just so interesting to like learn about all that and like learn how people and see how far like we've come but and also, also like, like to see how people change their like their mind mm-hmm. based on the agenda that they want to follow exactly. like yeah anyways no, continue it's crazy yeah, Monfrey was never linked to the crimes, but that I think he was like the closest they got to like figuring out who the mm-hmm. Axeman was, which um, I just think is interesting. Of like, 
they obviously didn't even have the means to like save DNA evidence mm-hmm. from the time. So it's not like we could go back today mm-hmm. and try and like link it. Like yeah. we basically will likely never solve this. Also, ever. though, probably they like I'm sure at that time they also didn't even ever like imagine the possibility of a future where there was a mm-hmm. d- where DNA exactly. analysis. So why would they? Yeah, exactly. One thing that does confuse me about that is like how he like demanded money mm-hmm. and like or like money and all of her jewelry because mm-hmm. that was one part that was lacking in all of the all of cases that he didn't the killer didn't want money yes like he did, they thought it was robbery but he yeah never stole anything but i agree but the 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 tie to the new orleans like mm-hmm. gang is very interesting and also the fact that he like knew of the case but i'm almost wondering if he was like linked and knew something about it mm-hmm. and in- it was a gang it could have just been one of his gang members yeah like i I mean and and the whole the whole like i'm the evilest devil from from the depths of heaven like like or the netherworld or whatever um like it feels very much like we're a like secret group and like we're trying to be really spooky and elusive (laughs) well speaking of the letter um another theory regards the axe man is not a man but a supernatural entity i mean if we're taking the the letter for what it says taking the letter very literally so theorists claim that the entity that is the Axeman can slip through cracks and doorways and can manifest into a large man. While this theory is mostly unfounded, it would explain the lack of evidence found at most of the crime scenes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but if you slip what you through want. cracks and stuff, then why was the the wind or was it the panel broken or yeah, panel the moved? panel was broken? Then like, if he's so uh so no. if he's so yeah, if he's such a like spooky scary entity, like mm-hmm. why was also like, why would it why would it, the attacks just stopped? You know, exactly. like it's like I don't know. There's like I love those kinds of like ideas, but it's just one of those cases where I think it's trying to like come up with a a solution that. But in an unsolved case, like, you really do have to just look at, like, yeah, every I mean, possible yeah, I mean, theory. And there's definitely been cases out there where the only, like, reasonable explanation is that something non-human did occur. Exactly. Like, you know, of course, those are, like, very rarely, if ever, like, proven. Considered proven mm-hmm. or, like, well-founded. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are some out there where it's, like, what else? What else? Exactly. No, I totally agree. But in this one, I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no, I think I think it's, it's more reasonable to assume something <laughs> yes. else. So, to this day, the Axeman still remains unsolved. The Axeman case still remains unsolved. In popular culture, the Axeman was referenced in American Horror Story, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and many other books, podcasts, movies, TV shows, and video games. BuzzFeed Unsolved. BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> um, My boys Shane and Ryan. I remember that. So the American Horror Story season that the Axeman shows up on is I've Coven. I've not seen that. So, not to, like, spoil anything. No, it's, it's okay. just, like... The Axeman just, like, showing up as, like, an entity was just such, like, a weird part of What is, of like, the, the premise of um, American Horror Story? So each season is different. So it's, like, it tackles, like, a different, like, s- thing that, like, scares people in, mm. like, popular media. And so Coven is the third or fourth season, and it's, like, witches in New Orleans, mm. basically. Oh, interesting. And so in in the season, it does, like, tackle of, like... Could the Axeman be this paranormal, spooky entity? And it actually does kind of get into, like, you know, is he's, like, still a ghost and, like, wants to, like, murder people again, but he was, like, reformed and whatever, mm-hmm. like, as a... That's as interesting. Ent- it was interesting. And I feel like I should go back and, like, watch Coven now. I, know. I need to, like, watch all of it just so I can watch the episode. 
No, actually, you can watch like season to season. Like I've watched I all the seasons to. out of order, like just based on what I oh, thought was interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't have to like watch them consecutively for it to make sense. Not mm-hmm. really. Um, but that is the story of the Axeman. Now I have of to New like Orleans. go do all my in depth research on this case. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I remember. I think the first time I definitely heard about it was Coven. And then when the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode came out is when I, like, really actually, mm-hmm. like, got into the case. See, I think I think that might be where I've heard the where case from the was accent. maybe, like, mm-hmm. like listening. I don't think it was one of the ones that I, like, watched, mm-hmm. watched, but I probably heard, like, heard it in, in the background, background while yeah. I was, like, cleaning my room or something. I love BuzzFeed Unsolved. Mm-hmm. If I can say, if I, I love like, BuzzFeed can't Unsolved. say something enough, I love BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yes. Shane and Ryan. They do their due diligence, too. Like, I feel like they mm-hmm. do a really good a really good way of making it palatable, um, like a good little quick summary of like the history context that is important, mm-hmm. the the excitement of like going and exploring a place, and then just the humor also. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just a good quick it, like. I want to listen to a true if you want to like learn enough about a case to be able to like talk about it in conversation. Like that's the best place to yeah, go. Yeah, like. Have you watched, um, you might not have watched this one yet, but, like, Bobby Mackey, like, their one. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's, like, ten, oh, no, no, it's, like, five minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that entire case, mm-hmm. and, like, my, my therapist's office back home mm-hmm. is, um, like, where they, like, um, it's literally the yard that they felt, they found the decapitated body in. Really? That's, the, it's the yard. So, like, when I, when I, whenever I drive, drive out of the parking lot, I just, like, look over at the, I mean, I know <gasps> nothing's there, but, like, yeah. I just look over at the spot where they found it, and mm. I'm, like, history. And, That's like, that so entire scary. area is, like, really historical Fort Thomas, mm-hmm. like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um... And so, like, that's, like, Bobby Mackey's is, like, directly tied to that. That's so like crazy. I know. And I didn't, like, it's one of those things that, like, I went there for, like, years. And mm-hmm. then I watched that case. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, wait a minute. Let me just. There are so many just, like, everyone, <laughs> like, especially in, like, my own life of, like, last season I talked so many, so much about, like, cases that related my own life. You never even realize, like, how many of them just, like, you randomly connect to. Yeah. Until you start, like, learning more about them, which mm-hmm. I've always found to just be super kind of crazy and yeah. insane. But, yeah, that was the case. Um, Do you have any final questions or comments? I don't know. I just want to, like, I mean, I'm always, once I get the, like, the Mm -hmm. the gist of something, then I have to go and, like, deep dive on everything. Um, Mm -hmm. So now I got to go, like, read up on all the lore. Yeah, go do a deep dive. uh, Yeah, and, um, uh, yeah, I don't really know. I just, I'm, I'm excited to, like, come back to you, like, next week and be like okay so here's my thoughts yeah absolutely text me and i will say i will like share your updates here on it (laughs) i absolutely will um but yes thank thank you you for having me yes absolutely you're now officially a member of the club that is club crime yes i love and to all my listeners please join us next week for another true crime story when we have another guest joining us and this has been club crime